Well, good morning, Calvary Church. I'm telling you, I lack the vocabulary to describe to you how excited I am to be here this morning and share with you what God's laid on my heart. So thank you so much for having us. This is an absolute delight and pleasure for us to be here. I love how Pastor Greg started his little uh, spiritual thought with, so I went for a run this week and the Lord spoke to me. And uh, I was thinking of trying that. Like, I went for a run this week and the Lord spoke to me, but I thought you guys aren't going to be buying that. Okay, fine. So I was halfway through a cookie this week and the... Maybe that's more believable. But what we're going to do this morning is uh, I'm going to invite some some good friends of mine in a few moments. Uh, They're going to be sharing a testimony. They are students in the program uh, right here in Steinbeck. I'm going to give you a quick ministry update before that. And then Andy's going to uh, play us a video uh, just before the testimonies. And then I'll come up and I'll close the service by sharing with you what God's laid on my heart. But for now, I just want to give you a quick ministry update of what God is doing through Adult and Teen Challenge right here in Steinbeck. I'm sure you're very familiar with the timeline of what God's been doing, but we opened a community office here uh, last uh, fall, well, sort of the end of the summer, going into fall last year, right here on Main Street. Uh, It's where our super thrift is as well. And I started there as the ministry manager, um, and I thought, well, what am I supposed to be doing here? Because I, I come from a church background. I've been pastoring for many years, and I was let go during COVID, and then I uh, was working in the, the ministry manager's role there. And I thought, so what am I going to do all day? Where, where is everybody? There's this little small office, little small thrift store, and I thought, well, we help people with life-controlling issues. That's our vision, to put hope within reach of those wrestling with life-controlling issues. Uh, I'm not seeing anyone here in my office, and yet as I diligently showed up day after day after day, it shocked me to the core that people, one after the other, daily would come on in because they have some brokenness in their life, some issue that they can't get a control of, they can't get a handle on, and they need help. And all of a sudden, this, this excitement started bubbling in my heart that, hey, this is, this is really exciting here, what God is doing. And so we have, um, in that community office, we have uh, different groups that we run throughout the week. You may have heard of them. They're called Ready Now Recovery Groups. And it's basically a curriculum, and then, of course, it's in person, so you have the community of the people that are also going through this course as well. And we look at all different um, foundations, like what is the root of addiction? Why is it so important to, to wake up from denial and how do we do that and how do we help loved ones that are going through this as well. So we have groups exclusively for men, we have uh, groups exclusively for women and then we also have a group that we call the concerned persons group and it's if you have somebody in your life that you're deeply concerned about and you're seeing them spiral out of control and you don't know how to help, you don't know where to get the resources to help them get out of this, that group's for you as well. So I want to encourage you If you have any sort of desire to find out more about that, more information, go to our website, teamchallenge.tc, and that's what's happening right here, just across the street here on on Main Street. And then towards the end of that fall season, uh, we acquired this building, uh, a huge building, really excited about this, where we felt as a ministry, we could open up a men's center right here in Steinbach. And so we spent a number of months uh, getting the place ready to receive students. 
students. We renovated. We made some office space. We created some common areas. And we can now uh, take up to 22 first-year students and at least 10 more of our leadership school, the second-year students or staff. So there could be 30 people living there, all finding the hope and the freedom that they need. And again, that's just a, a few a few minutes walk from here. Well, it depends how fast you walk. If you walk like Pastor Greg, maybe you'll get there pretty quick. And so I'm really excited about this uh, men's center. Um, of course, the building was so generously given to us, and that's fantastic. But now we have this huge budget that we were not prepared for as a ministry to make it happen. Now, we're not sweating it at all because anyone who is a person of faith, any people of faith in the room here? Yeah, look at those hands. People of faith, we don't worry about this because God owns everything. Amen? Not worried about it at all. And so God has been providing like crazy. He is so faithful to do that. And what we want to do is we want to let people know what we do, how you can be involved, and then hear some of the stories about this transformation that God is doing. So Andy has got a video at the back here. I'm going to cue him up. He's going to play a video. And this video is going to give you a quick um, understanding of... Um, of, of how to get involved. If you're saying, well, you know, how do I get involved in this ministry? It's a great ministry. I know there's a great need. How do I get involved? So listen closely to the video. It'll tell you ways to get involved. And then finally, just while Andy's getting that ready, uh, my role right now, my name is Pastor Danny, and I'm the program director at the Men's Center in Steinbeck. So I moved from the community office to the Men's Center, and I'm so excited to share with you in a few moments uh, a bit more of that journey and why I am excited about it. So Andy, if you're ready to go, let's roll that video. Do you want to know what reality is? Reality is using drugs to escape from pain and committing crime to support my addiction. Reality is waking up in the ICU due to an overdose. Reality is having no hope, accepting my life of crime, addiction, and sin. How do I know this is reality? Because this was me. Reality is being addicted to money, power, and drugs. Reality is the people that I cared most for tried to have me killed. Reality is uh, waking up from a coma in the hospital after having my arms and legs broken, just surviving. You know how I know this is reality? Because this is me. Want to know what reality is? Reality is coming out of the hospital with major depression and psychosis, feeling like God hates me. Reality is dealing drugs and lying to my family about my addiction, which left me alone and broke. Reality is dealing drugs. Reality is turning to a life of drugs and alcohol, which left me alone and broke. How do I know this is reality? Because this is me. Although we all face different realities, we all share similar truths. And the truth is, I have found healing from pain in Christ. His love is all I need. The truth is, God saved my life because he has great plans for my future. The truth is, I'm now full of hope and have found freedom in Jesus. Truth is, I'm now finding freedom from fleshly desires and trusting in the process. Truth is... Now I found love in the family of Christ and uh, found friendship in God. Truth is, now I wake up knowing that I'm under God's protection. Truth is, mental illness is more common than I thought, and God loves me. Truth is, after coming clean with my addiction...
to my parents, they have forgiven me and my relationship with my family is being restored. Truth is, I no longer run to drugs and alcohol. I run to the Lord. And Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yeah, let's give them another big hand, guys. Come on. Do you guys have any idea how difficult that is for them to come up on this stage in front of a bunch of strangers and share some of the darkest moments of their life? Incredibly difficult, right? I mean, yeah, you saw them on the cue cards, but make no mistake, that's their story. That's their story, and it's a privilege and it's an honor. To see God doing this fantastic work in their lives. This happens all the time. It's super annoying. It's like, I'm like the leader of these guys. I'm the program director. I'm this, you know, big, mighty oak of a man, ruggedly handsome. And and I'm up here crying. But you know what? It's it's crazy because when when you're part of what God's doing, it's so incredibly exciting. And I was thinking about this as we were worshiping God together as one community. Do you guys know how blessed you are to have this building, this place, this this stage where we can preach the word and no one's coming in to arrest the preacher? Like we have freedom here and we can preach about the goodness of God and we can lift up a loud shout of praise to him without any fear of consequences. You guys are so blessed to have that. It's an incredible thing. And as we were worshiping together with you this morning, I sensed a strong presence of God in this place. Anybody else sense that this morning? Yeah, look at that. But half of you, that's fantastic. (laughs) And I'm so excited about this because it's why we exist. Like if you ever stop to think about why do we exist? What is our purpose? What is our meaning? Why were we even created? We were created to glorify God and be in relationship with him. That's it. That's the two things. And you can do that whether you're a preacher. You can do that whether you're a street sweeper. You can do that whether in university, if you're a child and you're not working or in school yet. You can do that. You have relationship with God and you glorify him. And it's such a beautiful thing to work with these guys here. That Some of them are young men. Some of them not so young. We had a pretty old guy in once, uh, young to old. doesn't matter. Uh, addictions is no discrimination of age. And to work with these guys and see guys that, that were formerly running around with weapons, with guns, running from the police, attacking people, chasing people, dealing drugs, being a part of this ugly part of life. And now they come in and they're worshiping God together with us and singing of his goodness and singing of his praises. Man, nothing excites me more than that. Isn't that incredible? So let's give them another big hand for what they've done here. Yeah. And really, that's just so I can compose myself. (laughs) If you have a Bible with you this morning, you can go ahead and turn to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, we're going to be in chapter 5. Anyone still have a paper Bible at all? Like, I see a lot of phones. You got one? Very nice. Hold, hold it up if you got a paper Bible still. Okay, not too many. Keep holding up. And everyone else, look around at these people. These are the people that really love Jesus right here. They still got their paper Bibles. Amen? It's exciting. 
So my name is Pastor Danny. I'm the program director at the Men's Center, as I had mentioned. And I want to share this morning with you uh, just briefly my journey of how I came to be with Teen Challenge in the first place. And then sort of coupling onto that and weave through it a little bit as well. I'm going to share with you why I'm so excited uh, to be a part of this ministry and be a part of what God is doing right here in Steinbeck. So if you have your Bibles, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, and I'll read it through here. We're going to start at verse 14. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. This is Paul here uh, speaking to the church in Corinth. It says, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one, that's Jesus, one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him, again Jesus, for him who died for them, and was raised again. So again, keep that in mind. We have life. We are saved because Jesus died for us. And so therefore our life is no longer our own, right? It's, it's not this life where we just do whatever we want to do because it's a free country. It's my life. I'll do what I want. No, no. Your life has been purchased. It's been bought with a price. And so it says here that your life is no longer, uh, you don't live for yourself, but for him who died and was raised again. Verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ this way, we do so no longer. Verse 17. Listen closely. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That phrase, in Christ, by the way, in the scriptures, what it means is uh, somebody who walks with Jesus, who, who knows who Jesus is, has relationship with Jesus. When we see in scripture that phrase, in Christ, it means somebody who sees Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Um, we do so no longer. Therefore, uh, here we go, verse 18. All this is from God. Listen closely. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. If you have a highlighter or a pen, you can go ahead and underline that word. Reconciliation. Verse 19. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Man, is that good news or what? If you're ever looking for good news in the Bible... Woo, right there, that our sins are not counted against us. And again, here we see this word, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And verse 20, finally, uh, on verse 20 here, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. You know what an ambassador is? I had to Google it. I'm not very smart, so I had to Google it. Ambassador means that you are the highest ranking official representing his or her government while in a foreign land. I mean, if that doesn't describe us as Christians and as believers, I mean, that's just perfect, right? Because this is not our home. Our home is in heaven. But as believers, we represent Christ. We represent Jesus. So that's the heavenly government. And we represent heavenly government here on earth. We're in a foreign land. That's a great word, ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, third time here, be reconciled to God. We're seeing this word reconcile a lot, aren't we? Reconciled to God. And in verse 21, God made him, this is the whole summation of the gospel right here. God made him who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in Him, at Jesus, we might become 
the righteousness of God. The whole, the whole Bible, the whole gospel, the whole message can be summed up in became and become. That Jesus, who was without sin, became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. Isn't that incredible? I mean, that's some good news right there. If you're looking for some good news in the Word, go read that 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That is some meat right there. Man, you, you got several sermons right there, but I'm only going to deliver one because I've got an hour and a half, and that's no longer. <laughs> so I uh, want to share with you how I came to be a part of Teen Challenge um, and then why I'm excited about it. Uh, as a young boy, my parents, they did a good job. They brought me to church. They, they often had me at church. I remember as a young boy coloring in the seats on the floor. They had no Sunday school and I was coloring and I was in the atmosphere where, where the presence of God was there. And I believe that God did something in my heart. Um, and, uh, I gave my life to the Lord. I said this prayer for a Kit Kat. Really liked Kit Kats. Uh, my mom said, Hey, if you say this prayer, you'll get a Kit Kat. I don't know how old I was. 25? No, just kidding. Uh, I was probably, you know, 8, 9, something like that. And I said, yeah, I want this Kit Kat. I mean, four bars, a crispy wafer covered in chocolate. That's good. So I said this prayer, but obviously it didn't mean anything to me. I didn't know what I was praying. I didn't know the ramifications of what it meant to walk with Jesus. And so I said the prayer, had the Kit Kat, kind of forgot about it. But I remember when I was about 12 or 13, I was at this Bible camp. It's called Stonely in the UK, and I went there, and my parents brought me, and we were in this atmosphere of worship, and I remember the leader of the group, he said, listen, if you want to experience God, if you believe that he's real, and you want to encounter God in a real, tangible way, just put your hand up, and one of our ministry staff will come along, and they'll pray for you, and I thought, well, yeah, I mean, if God's real, if I exist, if, my, if I've been created to have relationship with him, and to glorify him, and he's real, and he speaks to us, Hey, I should probably press into this a little. So I said, okay, yeah, I want to experience God. I want to encounter God. And this ministry staff came along and he put his hand on my chest as he did. I felt this power, this heat, this fire, whatever it is. I just felt something in the supernatural. And at that moment, I knew I was experiencing the presence of God, probably for, for one of the first times in my life in a way that I understood what it was. And I heard Jesus speak to me. I heard God's voice. He said, I am real. Will you follow me? And I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, amen. So I've been pursuing the Lord uh, for, you know, since a young age. I am not a very balanced individual. My wife is the balanced one. She's so good at this. She's super stable, super balanced. I'm not like that. I am all over the place. I'm sure there's something not quite right there, but we'll, we'll figure that out later. But I'm extreme. I don't do things small. I do things big. It's just the way I am. It's the way God's made me to be. I'm all in or all out. So I thought, if God is real, if I'm going to live for God, I'm going to do this all the way. And I said, this is what I'm going to do with every breath that I draw from now until I die. I'm going to serve the Lord, live for the Lord. And so this started a bit of a journey in my heart to seek the Lord and be a part of what he's doing. And I went to uh, a church in Idaho in the States. I'm trying to give you the super brief version. It's a long story. But I went to this church in Idaho. And when I was there, I felt God telling me to return for a year. I went back for a year discipleship program at this church in Idaho at the age of 19. And when I was there, I read this book by Tommy, Tommy Tenney. Really great book. And uh, the book, in, uh, in the book, Tommy says, if you want to experience God, 
If you want to be used by God, if you want to be a part of what he's doing, if you want to encounter him in a real tangible way, all you have to do is look to where he's working and go there. The book was called God Chases. Anybody read God Chases by Tommy Tenney? A few of you? Fantastic book. And I remember thinking, yes, I want to experience God. I want to be a part of what he's doing. And so I remember those words, look to where he's going and go there. Very vividly remember this. Now, when I was a little boy, I read this other book uh, called Run, Baby, Run. And it's a, a book written by Nikki Cruz. And it chronicles the devastation of uh, New York City and the gang life where people were dying and being killed at a very, very young age due to the drugs and gang scene. And I, I read this book and I was a little boy. I picked up a copy. I shouldn't really have had a copy that young. It's a pretty explicit book. But I was really young. I read early. I was probably, I don't know, seven, eight, something like that. And I stumbled across this book. And I, I remember uh, this uh, depravity in this book. And it drew me in. And um, the, the name of the uh, preacher that came and spoke to Nicky Cruz, his name was David Wilkerson. And, of course, he started Teen Challenge back in 1957. 57, 58, in the 50s, late 50s. Uh, and, um, and it was really exciting to me uh, when I got a little bit older because I realized that, hey, uh, there is some work to be done here in the kingdom. And so what I did is I, I moved to Canada. Uh, long story, I met my wife in the States, moved here. Uh, 21 years of marriage. Can we give her a big hand for enduring that? Yeah? Love you, babe. She's the balanced one. 21 years of marriage, and it's absolutely fantastic, isn't it? Yeah? No? No? Just nod, because I'm in front of people. Just nod. There we go. She's loving it. She's loving our marriage. And and 21 years of marriage, three fantastic kids. Uh, so much joy uh, those guys bring me. Just fantastic. And, and then, of course, the missing piece. I went to school. I got a degree in theology. So... I know my Bible. I don't really know my Bible. I uh, went to a degree when someone said, what did you learn when you went to theology school? I said, the biggest thing I learned is how little I know. There's a lot of information out there, and I don't know much of it. So I got my degree in theology, um, and the missing piece was I didn't have a job. And then finally, all the, the birthdays and Christmases came at once, and I got a job at my local church being a pastor. And I thought, I, I honestly, I literally thought I could die and go to heaven. I'd have, I've arrived. There's nothing else in life I'm striving for. Uh, I'm, I'm good to go. A comfortable wife, kids, beautiful home. I'm full-time occupationally in the ministry. And you know when your life looks so nice and neat and perfect, and God's like, yeah, I'm going to stir that up a little. Uh, that's what happened. And, and I know that because God is all-powerful, ever-present, and all-knowing. So anything that happens in this world, make no mistake about it, both good and bad, God is there. Amen? He is there. And you say, well, I don't like that because because God, you know, there's bad stuff that happens. Yeah, okay, I, I'll grant you that. But God either actively causes or passively allows. But make no mistake, nothing happens outside of God. He is all-present, all-powerful, all-knowing. So he saw it fit to allow me to go through this season where COVID hit and I was let go from my church. And I'm telling you, I felt like as if I'd been told a spouse had died. You know, in the movies where, where you see someone and they receive news that a loved one has died and they just, their reaction is so intense, it's hard to watch and they fall to the floor. That's what I felt like. I'm like, no, no, no way. Like my life is over. I felt 
horrible. So what I did was I, I wandered in the wilderness, uh, not unlike the Israelites. I was pacing in my pajamas, complaining about this wilderness in my house because it was COVID. And I was somehow led to believe that once COVID's over, that I would be hired back. I later learned that that was not true, but I believed that I was going to be hired back after COVID. And I thought, this is fantastic. I got this great plan. All I have to do is collect EI for a few months, lay low, and I'll be back in the fall. God, I got this. I've, I've handled your hurdle quite well. That was my plan. Um, and again, God chuckles at those plans. And, uh, as if you've been on EI, you know that part of it is you have to apply for work, right? You have to apply for jobs so that when they come knocking, you can say, I've been applying. And so I didn't want to leave my church at that point because I thought I'd be going back in the fall. But my heart is to, to do occupational, vocational ministry. I'm a professional. I have a degree. Like I'm like, this is where I need to be. So that's just a silly thoughts in my mind. So I googled non-church, non-profit Christian ministry and not in Winnipeg. And not a lot of options popped up. Um, you know, Slow Mission was one of them, UGM, Adult and Teen Challenge popped up. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to go there. Certainly don't want to go and work for an addictions program. Tell me, this is what I believed. I had nothing, no knowledge of Teen Challenge. And so I said, I don't want to do this. Oh, look at this. It's in Steinbeck. <laughs> That's perfect. I live in Winnipeg. I'm an hour and five minutes from here every day. There and back, an hour and five minutes. I'm like, there is no way I'm taking this job. And they're not going to hire me because I'm too far away. This is perfect. So I apply for this job. And all I'm hoping to get is an email back saying, no, no, it's not going to work. And yeah, I got this email saying, we'd like to interview you. I'm like, oh, man, (laughs) that's not going how I wanted. And so, so I kid you not, I stroll in. With an untucked shirt, a casual attitude, and I'm a bit early because I'm punctual. And as I get there, on the wall of the ministry office, just across Main Street here, there's this vision statement from David Wilkerson. This vision statement about Teen Challenge. And I'm going to read it for you. And uh, (laughs) I might cry again, but that's okay. (laughs) It says... It sprang full grown to mind. The house I had dreamed of. A headquarters for a dozen or more full-time workers who shared my hopes for the young people around us. Who saw their wonderful potential and their tragic waste. And there in the Teen Challenge Center, we would create an atmosphere that was so charged with this same renewing love that I'd seen on the streets. That to walk inside would be to know that something exciting was afoot. And here we could bring boys and girls who needed special help. They would live in an atmosphere of discipline and affection. They would participate in worship and study. They would watch Christians living together, working together. And they would be put to work themselves. It would be an induction center where they would be prepared for the life of the Spirit. And I thought... Wow, is that ever a good vision statement? A little long, uh, wouldn't be great on a website, but fantastic vision statement. And as I'm stood there, remember, I read this book, Run Baby Run, over 30 years ago as a little boy, forgotten about it, read this vision statement on the bottom, it said Reverend David Wilkerson. And I'm stood there, I'm like, David Wilkerson, David Wilkerson, I know that name, where do I know that name from? And the Holy Spirit brought by supernatural revelation to my mind, that's the preacher that you read about as a young boy who went and helped those kids on the street. And all of a sudden, I felt the presence of God just tingling all over me. And I thought, maybe God's doing something here. 
Maybe this is the rumblings of the Spirit. Maybe God is actually at work here and my plan for EI is the, the, the not as good plan. The, the better plan is God's plan. And I was all excited about this. Still wasn't quite in because I, I interview and the CEO's wife interviewed me. And she said, uh, so why do you want to get this job? <laughs> I kid you not. I'm, I'm a very truthful man and I'm not very balanced. Remember that? So, so I said, well, to be honest, I don't really want the job. <laughs> she goes, excuse me? True story. You can go talk. I'm like, well, I'm just trying to get back at my church. I'm a church pastor. That's what I do professionally. So I'm going back there. And so I don't really, I'm far away. It's probably not going to work out. And, uh, and she goes, oh, okay. And, um, and then she goes, well, the, uh, the CEO would like to meet you and your family. I'm like, what? How do you know this? She goes, it's my husband. So I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and I'm thinking, me, you could take me or leave me. But Deborah and my kids, they are fantastic. When you meet these guys, you're going to want to hang out with them. They are unbelievable people. And I'm like, this is not going well for me. Because this is just going to solidify their desire to hire me. So whatever, I, I go to the barbecue. And they say to me, look, we want to hire you. We're going to give you a job offer. And I thought, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like I didn't know what to do. I was caught. And then, and then they sent me the job offer and I was going to turn it down. I, I, I called the guy. I said, look, it's not really what I want to do. I mean, the gas alone, you know. And he said to me, will you take a step of faith? And I said, you know what? You're speaking my language. I'm a man of faith. Yes, I'll do it. Because I remember vividly that line in the Tommy Tenney book. He said, if you want to be used by God, look to where he's moving and go there. And the reason that I had so much joy and contentment in being a pastor is because I want to be used by God. I want my life to be poured out. We were just reading about this in 2 Corinthians. The way this relates to the text is that my life is not my own. I'm a wretched sinner. I can't do it. I have nothing to offer. But by the grace of God, He reconciles me to Him. And He says, You are precious. You are loved. You are valuable. Come and work in my kingdom. And when I heard that message, Right here, that we are, our lives are not our own, that He died so that we can be free, that we can be reconciled. And now He has given us this ministry of reconciliation where we live not for ourselves, but we live to tell people about Jesus and tell people about the good news of what it means to walk with Him and tell people of the good news that you are saved, that your sins are not counted against you. I mean, that's some phenomenal news, isn't it? And I wanted to live and, and have my whole life be counted for that so that when I draw my last breath, the Lord looks down upon me and he says, thank you for giving me your life. And that's how I wanted to live. That's why I was a pastor. That's why I went to school. That's why I was so grieved when I was let go. And so when I came to Adult and Teen Challenge, I realized I'm still doing that. Amen. Yeah, I'm still doing that. I'm giving my life for the kingdom. And, and that's all that matters, whether it's a teen challenge or a church or a missionary in Africa. It doesn't matter. And what I really want to do is I want to stir your hearts this morning that you would reflect on your own life. And you would say, how am I living my life? 
Whether it be my time, my prayer, my money, whatever it may be. Are you living for Jesus? Are you committed to his kingdom? Are you willing to lay down your wants, your desires, your goals? So that you can live for him and tell other people about his goodness. Because that's the reason you exist. That is what you have been given. You have been given this ministry of reconciliation. And that leads into why I'm so excited to be a part of Adult and Teen Challenge. And I talked about it earlier. I mean, I love these guys. And when I get the news that a student wants to leave the program, which, by the way, never ends up going good. My heart is so broken. My heart is so grieved. Not because God can't work in those situations. Yes, he can. But but God has placed these students in this facility, this building, this program that David Wilkerson wrote about many, many years ago in the cross and the switchblade. Where they are encouraged to seek the Lord, encounter his presence, learn about him, learn about who they are in him, study the word, encounter his presence daily. There's no way God wants them to just leave that. And so I always encourage our students to stick around, but they don't always. And, and I got to surrender that to the Lord. And so when I look at these men here sitting here before me, who are passionate, who love the Lord, the transformation. And I, I talk about it all the time. Jaden, he's one of the guys that was doing the, the um, testimonies here, the truth versus reality sketch. And I remember the day he came in. What is it, Jaden? How long have you been here? Is he here? Hello. Seven months. Hope you don't mind me talking about this. <laughs> Too late. I got the mic. <laughs> Turn it back on, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> I remember the day that Jaden came in and he was sitting across the table from me. And the look on his face describes the look on someone's face who feels hopeless, who feels worthless, who feels meaningless. And I said, are you okay? He said, whatever. I said, do you, do you see what, what God can do here? Like, what, why are you here in this program? He said, I don't know. Nothing. And, and, and I could see there was this genuine pain in his heart. And I remember coming into the center. I think it was like the next day or two days afterwards. It was right after he had been in the program for a couple of days. And I said, how you doing, Jaden? He greeted me with this big smile. He goes, man, I've had the best sleep I've had in a long time. And Jaden is still with us today, seven months later. Can we give Jaden a big hand? Yeah. And what happens with these students as they go through this program, they encounter times where they want to leave, where they want to run. I mean, again, you believe in the spiritual warfare that's around us? Think about the enemy and what he would want to do. He'd want them gone from there. He'd want them gone from a place where the people there are passionate and sold out to see them grow in their relationship with God. And so the devil's working overtime to get them to leave. And we encounter this often. And I'm sure if you talked with our students, they're going to be at the table, by the way, outside. You can go chat with them if you want and get some information about the ministry just out there. But if you go talk to them afterwards, they'll probably tell you there's been many times they felt like they need to go. They need to get out of there. They need to run. And these guys right here, they have fought through that and they have remained faithful. Faithful to what God is doing in their lives. And I'm telling you guys, it is an honor and a privilege to watch you guys grow and develop this relationship with God. 
And I don't mind standing in front of a whole bunch of people and crying like a baby. I don't mind doing that because I love you guys. And, and it really is a ministry of life and death. It's not being dramatic. We know people that have left and overdosed. But when I think about as a little boy and I read about the depravity in that book as a six, seven year old boy. And I reread it, by the way, as an adult. But when I read that book, Run Baby Run, that depravity, it still exists today. And one of the things that I'm so excited about with Adult and Teen Challenge is the first time my wife and I came to our Freedom Church. So Adult and Teen Challenge, we do an, an evening service for our students called Freedom Church. And the first time I walked in there, I'm seeing these hands raised with like tattoos, like all across the arm, lots of tattoos. And I'm like, whoa, I don't usually see that in church. I mean, a lot of tattoos on the back of the hands, right? So I'm standing there, I'm seeing all these hands raised, covered in tattoos. But it was the men's center, and so there were so many guys there. And with this overwhelming masculine chant of Jesus, these guys were so excited about their relationship with God because they have found freedom, they have found purpose, they have found meaning. They realize that their life is not their own, but now they exist because God has saved them. And they are so excited about this. And I remember turning to Deborah, I said, God is in this place. And do you know why God was in that place? Because addictions is very good friends with the brokenhearted. Addictions left unkept and, and unchallenged, it will run rampant through a family. And it will destroy finances and it will destroy relationships and it will destroy physical health and it will destroy lives. And what that does is it leads to a place of brokenness. But God is close to the brokenhearted. See, that's why God was in that place. Because God is close to the brokenhearted. And I said to Deborah, God is doing something here. And I'm telling you, I am so excited about what God is doing. Today I've been here with Adult and Teen Challenge now, a year and two or three months. And my excitement for the ministry uh, is just like day one, you know, first day excitement. I'm so thrilled to be here. Now I also hold it loosely. I don't know where God's taking me long term. But this is a season where I can pour out my life. And I want to challenge you in closing this morning. We can get the worship team back up here. I want to challenge you in closing this morning. I want to challenge you to take an inventory of your life. Especially young people. How many people here are under 21? Quite a few young people here. You know, there's such, there's such a temptation to live for yourselves. You're in this pressure environment where people say, what are you going to be? What are you going to do? What are you going to make of yourself? And maybe you see destruction around you and other people and it stirs you up to say, I'm not going to be like that. Do you know not one of these guys set out to say, I'm going to be an addict. I'm going to live in a broken place. I'm going to destroy relationships that I, of people that I love. Nobody said that. But yet they were caught. They were caught in a snare. And I want to challenge you young people here. What are you doing with your life? I mean that seriously. You know, there's no point in being here and preaching a message if God's not here. I believe God's here. I don't want to encourage you to listen to the Lord. And as we go into a time of worship, we can, we can start playing if you want. As we go into a time of worship here, I want to encourage you to listen to the Lord. And I want to encourage you to listen to the voice, the calling, the prompting, the, the prod that he gives you. Because I'm telling you now, it's the reason you exist in this life. Every one of you, it's the reason you exist. 
to be in relationship with God and to glorify Him. And you can do that all kinds of different fields. It doesn't have to be the ministry. You don't have to be a preacher. It can be any field you want. But I want you to ask yourself this morning, are you glorifying God in your life? Are you living for Him? Do you live in a place of surrender? Because when these guys leave the program early, amongst much advice and counsel, when they leave the program early, it doesn't go well. And I can give you names, testimonies, if confidentiality was allowed to be breached, but it's not. I'm very serious about that. But my point is, I'm not making this up. These are true situations, true stories, true scenarios. And what happens is when they leave, it's because they're not fully surrendered. And if they would just surrender fully to what God is doing, they will find the contentment that their soul craves. And I want to challenge every one of you in this room. Your soul is craving something. Your soul longs for something. Your soul is calling out and crying out to be satisfied. Like this intense itch. And it's calling out to be satisfied. And I know that you've heard this in church and sermons many times before. But the only thing that can satisfy is Jesus. It's the only thing that can satisfy this craving in your soul. This desire to be satisfied. This desire to find contentment. It's only found in Jesus. And I want to ask you as we worship this morning, would you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart? Would you allow the Holy Spirit to prompt you and show you areas in your life that you are not fully surrendered to? Would you be open to the God of the universe, the creator of all mankind, the all-knowing, ever-present, ever-powerful God to come into this place and speak to your heart? Would you allow that this morning? It will change your life. If I can get everyone just to close their eyes. I just want to pray before we, before we continue here. If everyone can close their eyes. I want to take just a moment here. If there are people here that don't know Jesus. You say, hey, I hear what you're saying. It's a good message, but it doesn't apply to me. I don't know Jesus. I don't know where you're at. I don't know where your heart's at. Maybe you knew Jesus a long time ago. Maybe you said a prayer for a candy bar of some kind. And you realize that you don't mean when you prayed, be the Lord of my life. I want to challenge you this morning and encourage you just to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray a prayer. A prayer of surrender to God. And if that's you this morning, where you want to come back to Him, where you want your life to count for something, where you want your soul to be satisfied, would you pray this in your heart as well? Let's pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank You that You're a good God. I thank You, Jesus, that You came into our world. And Jesus, you hung on that cross. And when you did, you paid the price. 
And you lay down your life willingly as a sacrifice for the forgiveness of my sins. Jesus, thank you today for forgiving me. Would you be my Lord? Would you be my guide? Be my Savior. And Jesus, would you allow me to walk with you the rest of my days? And Jesus says yes to you. It's an invitation. Of course, you can walk with me all your days. So just pray, Lord, I accept this invitation. And I say thank you for being my Lord. Today, I am in Christ. The old has passed away. The new has come. I now have my name written in the Lamb's book of life. In your mighty and precious name. Amen. I just want to pray for the, uh, the other ones here. Just remain in this place of attitude of, of worship and prayer just for a few more moments. Lord, I pray for those that do know you here this morning. I pray for those that love you deeply. I pray for those that are so passionate about you. I pray for those that give financially. I pray for those that give with their prayers. I thank you for those that give of their time to volunteer. Lord, I pray that you would uh, stir those people up. Lord, I thank you for their great love for you. Lord, I thank you for their legacy that they pass to their children and their grandchildren. Lord, I pray that you would lift their countenance up to you. And they would gaze upon you and they would realize that everything they do, it's not really a sacrifice. Because they are giving to you and their prayers, their time and their money. And that's their reason for existence. To glorify you and be in relationship with you. And Lord, I pray for those here this morning that are living in a place of shame. That are living in a place of guilt. That's living in a place of hopelessness. That's living in a place where they feel they are in chains and in bondage and they can't get out. And Lord, I want to speak to those situations right now. And I pray by the name of Jesus that those chains would be broken. That those people would experience great freedom. That those people would lay down that condemnation. And they would feel this sense of grace and mercy and kindness. And Lord, I pray that your love would penetrate the hearts of all the people in this room right now. And that as we walk out of this building, we will never be the same. Because we know that our lives have been transformed because you are a good and mighty God and we lift your name high in this place for you are the king of kings you are the lord of lords you are worthy of our praise lord God yeah let's give him a shout of praise thank you lord praise you Jesus thank you lord